What is up, everybody? This is Recap Rewind Recon. I'm JLag. And I'm NB, and we are counting down our top 10 moments of all time in Game of Thrones history. Seasons 1 to 7. Our number 10 spot goes to Littlefinger causing basically everything. Yeah, so just getting into, like, who it, who the F is Littlefinger, um, I think he starts out mainly owning brothels in King's Landing. And then right. from there, he, like, weasels his way into, like, Robert Baratheon's, like, inner council and then like he's he's doing all the money and um and so you know we eventually do find out that like later on way way later later, once he's like married lysa and like he's he's killed her right right um and then it also turns out that lady liza and him are the ones that plotted to kill john aaron in the first place so the so the murder i think of john aaron really kind of triggers everything Right, because then right. when John Aaron dies, Ed Stark has to go to King's Landing. Then he goes to King's Landing, and then it was like a shit show after that, right? So, exactly, uh, yeah, yeah, him and Lysa basically like planned all of this, um, and really he manipulated Lysa as well. Like he, like he was just using her. Oh, right? for sure, yeah. But like it was just a, it was a crazy moment. I think when he exposes it, I think he tells um, Sansa the truth, and because he like basically like says that he loves her and he's like this is what i'm doing um and she protects him in that moment because she needs to stay alive but later on i think she like is able to and like the weird part too i think like we were mentioning with him and sansa like as as he's teaching her things too i think he's also exposing who he is and like all the things that he's done and it was almost like he was like trying to like show off to her to be like this is what i did this is where i started and like this is where i ended up like see i'm gonna make it to the throne like it was almost like at that point he was like showing off a little bit to her and she was like that was his big downfall for sure like i think that he like got ahead of his emotions he's like oh i got this new girl she's like into me Here's all my like stories, and then she's like, "No, bitch, yeah. I love my family. You're gonna die now." Yeah, and then the final episode of season seven ends off with like her making the decision to kill him in front of like everyone at Winterfell. Right, and like it's funny because we think that she's gonna go kill Arya, but then it all turns around, and it's really because Bran is the one that tells everybody what ha- happened, right? Because he's also the one that gave. Um, the so- like he's the one that tried to kill Bran in the first place, and then also blame yes. that on the Lannisters. Yes, with the so there's dagger. a lot of different things that he did to like start this war between the Lannisters. Yeah, basically, and like Starks. season one, I feel like was all him. <laughs> like he, because he, yeah, he was a trigger 100%. point to all of these different things happening. He's the one that basically started the entire show. Yeah, so yeah. thanks, Littlefinger, but also like, like boy, bye. I hate you. Yeah, our ninth spot's gonna go to Ned's death. Um, just because oh, you know, God. like it's heartbreaking and it's like really what. Like, Littlefinger definitely was a trigger to all of this, but, th- like, Ned's death was the unraveling for the Stark children, and, like, it just became so much worse for them after that, you know? I think even just beyond the fact that it was a big moment for the Stark family, it was, like, a huge moment for television. Yes. I've never seen a character who you think is the main character... Like, we start off with the Stark family. We see Ned and his whole family. And then for him to die the way that he died, I was like, this is not the same show that I've been watching all my life. Like, this is so different. Yeah, it definitely flipped the switch on what TV can be because you're right. Like, usually, like, you know, they start off these shows with, like, these amazing actors who, like, stick around for the whole show and, like, they're the hero of the show. But that's not what they did with him. They were like, here's this amazing actor who's playing this character. Well, say bye to him because he's dead. 
and it was just he like, did. how the f is this show gonna continue without him? But of course, little did we know, like that was just the beginning to all of the rest of everything, basically. Like, and all the deaths that kept happening after yeah. that. Like, that's the thing too. Like, he definitely set a precedent that no one is exactly. safe in Game of Thrones. Like, everyone's gonna die at some yeah. point. And I think too, and he, I think the, a big part of his death, and this is what's so amazing about the show, because for me, when I saw him die, it was like, oh my god, like poor Ned, like damn, like. Like, what bad luck. But then when you start really yeah. watching the seasons and you start, like, becoming a part of the show, you're like, wait, he did fuck up really bad. And oh, everything yeah, he did sure. was his fault. Like, he got killed because of himself. Like, he messed up way too many times. He asked too many questions. He didn't play the game properly. And Cersei was no. saw him as a threat. And she was like, bye. He was being too, like, noble in yes. this world where people were, like, backstabbing and stuff. Yeah. And his honor couldn't hold up in the world, so he did. But yeah, it was crazy. It was like definitely one of the biggest moments of the show. And the saddest thing is like all the kids saw it. Like Sansa saw it, Arya saw it. And that also is one of the big things that, um, you know, drives uh, both of those characters forward too, right? Yeah, it was. Not only just the fan, like, not only just like. Um, Rob going and starting this war it was also Arya like starting this whole mental change to be like I'm gonna get revenge on all these people who wronged my family you know what it's so funny that you're saying that and I'm getting major goosebumps right now because I just watched the finale again and there's a moment yeah. in the finale where Sansa and Arya are talking at Winterfell and it starts snowing and they look at each other and they're like when the snows fall and the white winds blow the lone wolf dies but the pack survives. I miss him. Me too. And you saying that they were the only ones who saw that moment when they kill him. It's like, it brings it all back together. Like, I'm getting fucking right. chills right now. This is so crazy. Yeah, like, it's so much That's more so emotional because they were the only ones that saw him. They were the last ones to see him alive. Yeah, that moment kills me. That moment, like, I was like, oh, <laughs> like, it's really sad. <laughs> All right, we're going to move to number eight, and it's going to be Jamie Lannister getting his freaking hand chopped off. Crazy. This was one of the moments where, so I, I read the books, so I knew what was coming, right? But it was yeah. one of those moments where I still was shook. Like, I was still like, oh my God. I mean, we watched it together, yeah. and I think you knew it was going to happen at the end of the episode. Yeah. And you kept, like, looking at me, and I was like, what? Yeah. And then when it happened, I was like, what the hell is yeah. happening? So I think, and I, and I think one of the biggest parts of this is really you know turning Jamie Lannister's character upside down and where he starts as like this hero of like the you know the lord's like whatever protector and like he's the like strongest knight there is and like you know the like golden the golden knight. boy yeah. and he gets on this he gets captured um by Rob's army i think that's kind of what sort of starts right. this process um and then yeah. Kat, Kate, like Catelyn whatever like she like sends him off she releases him and then through his journey, I think, back to King's Landing, him and Brienne get captured. By the Bolton family. Yeah. Which is technically Rob Stark's, like, crew, but also, like, there was the Red Wedding, so. Yeah. At this point, they're, like, working together, but whatever. So they see, I think he, and he says, he's like, I'm Jamie Lannister, like, I have money, I can pay you. Right. And the guy's like, I don't care about any of that. Like, you're just, like, a spoiled little bitch. And I think the fact that he chopped his hand off is worse than death. Oh, yeah, for sure. For him, who, like is a knight and needs both of his hands to like wield his sword like it's who he is it's what his like it's literally it's who his, he is and it's as like, a person it's so weird like in so many ways game of thrones has like tested men 
and like tested their yeah. their manhood and for him it wasn't so much of his like dick it was like his his fighting hand like that to right. him was everything and everything that he stood for it was in that one like part of his body so like for that to be gone that just you know set his character off and like i personally loved his character after that like it changed everything yeah because i think he had to decide whether or not to be defeated by his life and what what came of it and then like kind of come through and he ended up you know like growing and like getting stronger and then he learned to fight a little bit better so he was able to come through it but at the same time it was a huge growing moment for him a really humbling moment for him i mean i think he was still like a bit of a dick like he's still like the crusty like you know jamie lannister that we know he ends up going back to cersei anyway like he doesn't leave cersei's side until the last episode of season seven like that's how long his loyalty you know stayed with her but throughout that he's tried to change um and like just real quickly just to mention like that moment when they get captured they take brienne to like take her and like basically they're gonna rape her and he looks at her with so much pity and like so much pain and like oh my god like you poor woman like they're gonna do this to you but then when you leave that scene after they chop his hand off like the the tables like completely flips on him and like all the pity was like on him and he was just feeling so sorry for himself like it was just such a powerful moment the fact that they chose to do that to his character like to like chop off his hand in our seventh spot is the sept blowing the f up like what like what might as well just blow up the whole town (laughs) first of all that episode was so well done the way that yeah, the, the editing, that intro oh, played the editing out, was amazing. It was so good. The music. Um, but everything, yeah, it was definitely a shocking moment. I didn't expect it whatsoever. And yeah, so it all starts off with um, Cersei just about to go on trial for her crimes against humanity or whatever. Um, and everybody's waiting in the sept. They're all like waiting for her. Yeah. So it's like literally like the entire town. Yeah. <laughs> Marjorie and her brother and like the dad like it's the, the whole Tyrell family is there the sparrows are there everyone's like there everyone of high society is is basically there so like all the judges all those type, type of people are there inside the set waiting for her to come through right the way the episode is edited you kind of know like where it's gonna go right because right. you you know the wildfire and all that kind of stuff and even before that moment like we know that there's like a big shipment of wildfire like sitting somewhere in King's Landing so like and they kept dropping it a couple of times so like you're kind of waiting like when are they gonna use it I think it's not even just that it's like you had to play pay like such close attention to those little moments because I've watched it like quite a few times over and it's so subtle and you don't notice unless you pay really close attention to these wildfire hidden whatever like you really I I really didn't expect it all to come to what it did but yeah all the clues were there yeah so basically what happens is like first of all the music was next level and like you're like anxiety is like peaking because everything is happening like really quickly (laughs) and then like um cersei's like not getting ready like she's not gonna go to the to the sept and then marjorie she's like in her pajamas still. yeah she's like i'm chilling over here and then marjorie's like wait what's going on like people are starting to like get impatient and be like where is this bitch like we're waiting where where, where is she and marjorie's like she goes up to the high sparrow she's like bro like where is this woman like why isn't tom in here either like what's going on and he's like no no he's like we need to wait we need to like you know like freaking bring her to justice and he's like lit on his own power trip and she's like but wait like what's going on like why aren't they here he locks the door which was so extra i know he like locks them in did you 
really have to do that? Like, what if anybody wanted to go for like a smoke break? Or, or like something? to the bathroom, exactly. <laughs> so he locks them in, and literally, like, she walks back to like the the where they were standing, and it's almost like her face, like she knew that some, they were gonna get fucked, like yeah. she knew it. She was like, "We're gonna." Yeah, go. like it was such a. Creepy I think she even moment. hold like she grabs yeah. her she grabs her brother's hand and she was like, "We're gonna try," and then it. Doesn't, and then it, it literally just blows up. I think that she wouldn't have been able to make it out anyway, cause like literally, it didn't even just blow up the sets; it blew up like the entire the area yeah around like the, the streets set. and like the corners and yeah you're right like it blew up that whole area yeah, it, was fucked. it was just like crazy. it was crazy because i was i was in such shock and disbelief i'm like no marjorie's still alive right like she got out <laughs> like no she did yeah didn't. you know it's she was a really i really loved her character but i really don't think she could have gone past that like i can't you know i couldn't have pictured it she just got like it was just one of those things where you see a character and she's trying her best to like outsmart everybody yeah and then she just got outsmarted by like the smartest of them all like cersei is a fucking wretched biatch and only a psycho would think of that and and it's also important to note that the grandma wasn't there in that moment because i do feel like if the grandma was there something could have gone different maybe or like she wouldn't have put them all into the set at the same time like yeah grandma tyrell wouldn't have been down for that shit like she wouldn't have been like there so cersei's literally like her only answer to that was like blow the shit up like that's it yeah (laughs) she's like do it now bye and the high sparrow who was literally like a huge part of that entire season he was like all up in everyone's business he just like blows up and that's the end of like the yeah. whole sparrow like storyline the whole storyline is gone yeah. it's like into smithereens yeah. in five seconds yeah it was crazy. which i was okay which with, i was actually. yeah yeah it's true and on top of that like not to like just to quickly mention like it didn't even stop at that moment like tommen literally jumps off of his Ugh. balcony as soon as oh it happens oh my gosh so bad so like it's like it was like shock, the death just continued yeah and he literally it's like sees 1000 it. plus one yeah he literally yeah. sees the explosion like how fucking heartbreaking for this kid like he was legit sure. in love with marjorie he's like yes i'm getting it in every night like my life is amazing <laughs> and then he was just oh. done number six is going to the red wedding i mean for eternity the red wedding is gonna be you know symbolic and like one of the craziest moments i think in tv history so let's break it down break really it down quickly. yeah again i think it's one of those moments where you you live it in the moment and you're so heartbroken and like you're crying for days and weeks but then when you really start you know looking at it seasons later you're like oh my god like rob messed up so bad like he, he walked hard. into like basically like his own death he was an idiot right. so what happens is during his whole i guess like rebellion or like the war he walder Frey like tells him like you'll marry one of my daughters i have like freaking like 60 daughters he's like marry one of them and then he yeah. agrees but then he meets like this next girl who like he totally falls in love with he's like i want this girl so he marries her and then walter frey finds out like so he's so cheese he's like what the f like you promised like marry one of my daughters whatever whatever and then i think it comes to a point where like on the map rob's army has to like go through walter frey's like kingdom area yeah for like a second like a second yeah whatever it's like go like faster somewhere and then walter frey's like well you didn't marry one of my daughters like why the f would i help you out and he was like fine like take like my uncle will marry one of your daughters then right and so while yeah. the phrase like sick we'll have a wedding at my house like everyone come here um and your uncle <laughs> uncle um what was his face uh ed Muir, he's she's, he's like she can he can marry one of my daughters and rob's like right. cool whatever and at this point rob's wife is pregnant yeah right we li- i think we <laughs> find out like, like that yeah. episode <laughs> i was like she's basically yeah so Catelyn stark like, the wifey with the baby, baby rob stark 
Edmure, like the whole effing family is like going into this guy's castle, being all like yeah. lit like for a wedding. And then the wedding happens. I mean, to their defense, like you don't do this. It's like, true. This is not something that happens. In in, in the in folklore, in like the whole world of Game of Thrones, there's like this underlying agreement between all houses that like if you break bread, you can't fight. You can't kill someone in your house. Like yeah. as soon as you start eating you can't do anything anymore so even in the right. book when i was reading this part in the book like that was a that was very apparent it was like once we we eat we're good we're safe that's almost like how they saw it i feel like whatever the marriage happens edmure and like the girl like walk out of the room people start like drinking and like eating and then at one point like in the night somebody goes and closes the doors to like the hall yeah and then the reins of Casimir start playing and i'm like oh no and then like catalan's like what the fuck like what's going on like why is this music playing um and then yeah, Ruth like bolton, the most depressing song. Ruth bolton who's like ramsey's dad is like sitting right beside her and she sees that he's wearing like that chain um chain chain, yeah. chain mail armor she's like what the fuck like why would he be wearing this and then i think right then like the whole orchestra stands up and they have like bows right like arrows right yeah. and then Bruce bolton i think grabs her or like, like no i think it's like rob gets shot and then everybody gets shot and then she gets shot in the shoulder and then she falls and then Bruce goes over to rob because he's still standing and then he like stabs him and it's like the Lannisters send the regards yeah. and, then and then at one point them. someone goes and stabs the effing baby like her pregnant oh God, that, stomach I think that was like the first moment you see like first the shot of the shot goes into like Rob's arm and then right after it's like this guy like like just like violently stabbing this woman like who's pregnant oh. and she's like oh like <sighs> literally her face was like the worst I was like this is so, so fucking, fucking sad and then Catalan's like she grabs I think one of the wives but he has like 30 wives so he doesn't even give a shit she's like i'm gonna kill your yeah, wife okay. and he's like i don't care like go ahead and kill her and then she and then she does like, kill Fuck. her and then someone else comes behind her and like slits her throat and then she's dead it was honestly such a tragic moment like too much it was way too much stress like how do you watch that like there's like five characters dying in the matter of five seconds but then i've like i've watched this i've watched the show like seven times over already so i've i've watched this particular episode like with so much intent because i feel like i was so shocked the first time as i watch it over and over again it is still sad but i think that you watch it and you're like they were literally gonna die anyway like it's true they even say in the war like i think in the war tent she says like if we're gonna go down we're gonna go down fighting so she was already gonna start this like they were both gonna go into this rebellion like thinking that they were gonna lose and die did they think that they were gonna like get like freaking ambushed and murdered no because i think even at one point lannister like i think it's jamie he says like we saved so many people's lives because we didn't continue the war we just ended it all there true and i'm like i guess that's a i guess that's a way to look yeah. at it but at the same time it was just so fucking brutal it was just brutal and i think for me it's one of those moments where i wish i hadn't read the books i wish that i didn't know what was coming because this was right. the one moment where I was like, I wish I could have watched it like how everyone else took it in, like so effing shook. But I knew what was going to yeah. happen. It, obviously, it was still shocking and it was still like crazy to watch. I was just, I knew at some point it was going to come. Even the writers and the creators of the show, this was the reason why they wanted yeah, to start they were the like, show in the first is, place. This is they were like, why we want, we want to write the show. Totally. And they knew, yeah. I think, that it was probably going to be in the third season at some point. Like it yeah. can't happen too early on, right? So oh, man. crazy. And that's the thing. They spent like two seasons 
seasons building up these characters only for them to all die in this moment. It was just like really tragic. So going over to our fifth spot, we're going to talk about Sansa and Jon finally reuniting at Winterfell. Bones. And it was really emotional, really beautiful. Like it was like emotional, but like so happy. Um, yeah. And it made me just want a reunion with everyone really together. I'm like, I need this. I need to see like everyone coming back together. But like just thinking about it gives me yeah, chills. Because totally. So break, break it was... down. Break that scene down for us. What happens? So I believe that it's Sansa and she just ran away from um, the phrase. No, sorry. The Boltons. It's Sansa and she just runs away from the Boltons with Brienne's help as well as Theon's help. And so she finally gets to the wall. Is it the wall? Castle Black? Castle Black. And so she's like rolling in and John's been waiting this whole time. And then like I think she turns and then she sees him and they just like have this like intense hug moment. And it was like so satisfying i think as a tell like a tv watcher as a fan of the show you know you see her struggle for the entire time you know that these both these characters are in the north you're afraid that sansa's about to die you're afraid that john's about to go to war and die so you never think that they're gonna get that moment and when they get the moment like it literally like brings so much happiness because especially like we've been talking about the, the Starks dying left right and center yeah. from the beginning of the show like Ned dying like Catelyn dying the Red Wedding like everybody died so to see these two characters the two Stark children finally like for all these years just like see each other and like embrace each other oh my god it was like such an emotional moment for sure I like I, I'm telling you I'm getting chills as I talk like, yeah it's and it's crazy because I think think um Sansa and John were really like not the closest of siblings so like the fact right. that it was so powerful I was like holy shit like this is just the beginning of all these reunions like it's gonna get more emotional for sure I love that even Sansa says that she's like imagine when Arya sees you yeah. she's gonna fucking lose her mind I and I'm my stomach hurts oh. and it hasn't happened yet right that's gonna happen in the last season because i think the one thing that we have to stay true to and remember is the stark family is like the heart of the show really you know we started this whole show off with their lens you know like seeing the whole like king's like guard coming down like the path coming to winterfell so to see these two children after the all the tragedies that their family like you know we're behind the starks from the beginning yeah and to see these two characters get together is like For sure. very very satisfying and and they've made us wait this whole time and that's one of the things that i think like is the hardest part like we're talking about years like for someone who's watching this show like last minute and they're catching up like it's what a couple of weeks but we've we've we waited like four years in between maybe even four no, years. probably even longer like five years in between like when they left winterfell to like now that they're coming back so like it's yeah. a long time oh it's crazy i was so happy i mean that being said they aren't like the best of friends as they like continue to get to know each other but you know he'd still yeah it had to happen in charge of winterfell Number four is going to go to Arya losing her vision in season five's finale. Right. And this was one of the moments where I was like, OMG, how the F is she going to get through this one? First of all, I thought it was going to be permanent. And I was yeah. like, uh, we're going to have like, I mean, it's kind of cool if they end up making her this character that's like still an assassin, but is blind, like a daredevil style thing. But it totally debilitated For her. Sure. And she was 
not a good blind person. And for sure. so basically what happens is just to break it down for everyone. She arrives in Bravos. She escapes, you know, Westeros and whatever. So she comes across the water. She gets to Bravos. She goes to the House of Black and White, right? And through yes. her training or whatever uh, at the house in black and white, she learns how to become an assassin, right? And this yeah. is essentially one of her, her powers where, like, she can fight or she can kill, um, especially using, like, the faces. But she wasn't supposed to be using the faces yet right. because she's still, like, in she's, training. She's, like, in training. And, like, you know, the number one rule is they assign who you're supposed to kill. Like, you can't just go kill right. whoever the F you want to kill. But we know yeah. that she has her own list of revenge names. So, like, she's still on her separate mission which i think made it made right. it even harder because you do want her to like check these names off and get her revenge but then also like you can't just like go and like you know do whatever the f you want to do like you have to follow the rules as well so i think right. i think what happens is like Marin trent who like is was like one of the people on her list like he came to bravos she was like sick i'm gonna kill this guy i'm gonna take one of the faces off the wall and i'm gonna like sneak in to this like brothel and i'm gonna kill him and she does yeah. she kills the guy checks him off her list she comes back to like put the face i guess like back on the wall right and then what's his face jack and hagar was like yo like you fucked up like we didn't tell you to kill this guy you can't do this i think at one point he does say like only death can pay for life like you had to pay back that debt with another life right and it has to be your life right but he doesn't kill her he just makes her blind yes and I don't know how it happens exactly. It's like some kind of magic, but he like kills himself, but it isn't himself. It's like I don't know. It what was it like was. the wave was, like, girl, really weird but then it was like Arya at the end. Like it was like different people in one person, and then like it was her with like without eyes. So, so I was like, okay, got it, cool. Yeah, and then she goes blind, yeah. and I think she's blind for like uh like more than half of the next season, which in the um, end makes her then- a strong a stronger fighter. Like she had to fight through it she right. had to fight without her vision so like yeah it does make her a better killer for sure like a better assassin sorry so yeah it makes her a stronger fighter yeah now she's like pushing forward and now she ends up like in winterfell so she becomes like the best assassin of all time our third spot's gonna go to hodor's origin story specifically um how he got his name yeah and well it's crazy for one like i think it's just you learn about this character and he's such a like third character he doesn't have he doesn't have any lines all he can say is hodor um so you don't think anything of him he's so like simple all he does is take care of bran he's kind of goofy he like you don't know if he's like really intelligent or whatever because you don't hear him say anything other than hodor so the entire time you're like okay cool hodor's around like that's nice whatever and then by the time it gets to the final like parts of his story like you're like but like yeah and everything just comes at you at the same time and then it ends and you're like wait 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 <laughs> yeah you're right like it was just hidden this whole time you don't really think anything of him like a part of me i felt like knew that it was gonna come to something like we had to understand why the f he kept saying hodor like you know what i right. mean but i just didn't i never thought it would be this part like that's the thing to think that the writer thought about that from the very beginning oh, yeah. when he wrote his character i'm like whoa that is like quite a nested storyline right. to put in so kind know? of like how it happens is like bran is like north of the wall they're kind of like doing their own mission 
and they get stuck in this cave and then all like the whites and the white walkers like attack the cave so like they have to like they're trying to like get out i guess so like he's downloading like all the information from the three-eyed raven so like they're both like in this like mode of like uh i guess they're in a memory essentially both of them are in a memory bren and the three-eyed raven and they're getting attacked so slowly like all the white walkers are coming and um so as he's downloading everybody's fighting and then you're watching so like it's like present time and then like what's happening in the past and we've seen Bran go into this store like this kind of past moment like before but he sees Winterfell and he sees Winterfell like a long time ago like he sees his dad as a young kid he sees his aunt and his uncle and then he sees like this kid in the corner and it's a kid named Willis yeah. is his name Willis yeah and basically um you don't know who he is you don't think anything of it but i think brand recognizes him and he's like oh my god is that hodor like young hodor and so as it's happening he so like i said it's like going back and forth between the present time and like the past time and so i think it's like mira is pulling the sled as hodor is like helping to go get down this like like exit like passageway and there's a secret door at the end of the passageway so he opens a door and as this is happening goes back to the past and um the three-eyed raven is trying to narrate the story because he's like this is your last memory that i'm going to give you and brandon's basically like what's happening though and then he starts to hear Bran starts to like break the i guess the chain like the like he's breaking the link between like the real world and the past right. world so as that's happening i think willis in the past sees bran and so he like has like an epileptic uh, he has like a seizure and as he's saying that he hears what is being said in the present i know yeah, it sounds it's, it's very confusing because the two worlds are basically they're like parallel worlds it's not really happening it's not really the the past right because it's technically right. it's, the past it's, it's like the, but it's like the present affected the past like in a very direct way and as he sees this like um as he hears this voice because mira now is saying like make sure you hold the door hodor like just hold it and she keeps yelling that and as he hears that that's when he has a seizure so um and then as that's all happening he has a seizure and all he keeps saying is hold the door hold the door hold the door and then it turns into as his seizure stops it just becomes hodor and then it shows him in the present holding the door and then like it just has this whole it's just such an it's crazy, just crazy amazing and moment. it's so beautiful and so he holds the door basically he's protecting brand like that's that's his final mission it's like this final moment where he's trying to hold the door um and they escape right like brand gets out they all leave and he's sort of the last person there and he's holding the door but he just can't anymore because like they're all like behind him like trying to like open the door like all the whites and the white walkers right and then he just dies and that's how he that's how his story ends like they just yeah, they kill him crazy crazy moment but the one thing that i will ask you now is this is something that we haven't seen brand do before like affect the past that heavily like he literally basically created hodor as the character 
So does this mean, do you think that this means that Bran has even more ability to go into the past and affect it? Yeah, I definitely think so. And I think you do see certain times where he he does things, even when Ned Stark is at the tower um, where his sister is, where she has John. Like he was there in that moment too. It just wasn't as drastic as what we see with, with like Hodor. But I definitely think like the ability is there for sure. What I really want to know is how did he get all these powers? Like, how does Bran have this ability? Like, was he always a three-eyed raven? Yeah, I think he must but have been like even more before. special. Yeah, he he was the three-eyed raven from the get-go. Maybe he's the old man. I don't know. It's just yeah, like, that's you know what I mean. Confusing. Like, maybe he's that guy. And clearly, he's like wise beyond his years. But we'll see what happens with his character in the final season. Number two has to go to our man, aka our dragon. Boy Dem. Viserion. Yeah. Getting got by the Bank King. It was really sad. So yeah, so Daenerys has three dragons, Viserion, Rhaegal, and Drogon. And they're all named after like people, people. and like basically the men in her life. Yeah, all the of, men. So right? Viserion was like her dumb brother who like killed basically like Drogo killed him in the in the first season. Rhaegal is her older brother who she has never really met but right. somehow feels but a connection to him and you know he's been talked about as like this amazing fighter and like this warrior who was like right. amazing and like hot and like whatever. So <laughs> she names one of the dragons <laughs> after him. And then Drogon is named after Drogo, Cal Drogo, her man. Right. So like she gets to like ride She gets to ride that one and <laughs> <laughs> And no, so anyways, like, this is really sad. But yeah, Viserion dies at the end of season seven. And it was just so freaking sad. And it kind of, we, we said it, we're like, it must be coming. Like, one of them has to be her because she can't just go into the final season with three effing dragons. Like, she's going to yeah, win like everything. she already wins. Yeah, like, basically she wins. So, like, there had to have been a moment where, like, she's she's either ha- handicapped or there, something happens to her. It was just the way that it happened, I think, was very, like, tragic and, like, the night for king sure. was just oh it was just so gross so sad at first i didn't think that it was gonna be like this army of the dead that was gonna take over the dragons especially in the beginning of the season when she attacks king's landing or she attacks the lannister family um and uh what's his name Bronn shoots drogon in the shoulder i was like well, they're gonna die that way like yeah. one of them's just gonna die during a, like a war between two men yeah. so to see this like dragon be taken down by the night king i was like oh shit and it just ups the stakes even more because you're like like it's like magic versus magic so like obviously it it makes a little bit more sense than just like a human trying to kill a dragon yeah totally and i think i think the sad part was that like the dragons were never supposed to be there like she was really on a mission to help john oh that makes me so So angry it was like it was never supposed to be that way but she's like okay sick i'm gonna go save this guy like whatever i'll take my three dragons and then like like she should have just taken two maybe like realistically but like how does she know that like this guy's gonna have a spear and then there's like zombies uh so i mean i have a lot of i have a lot of problems with the way that it all went down because it was very cinematic for sure and it was like a really well done episode but like just logistically the way that like john ended up in the north in the first place i was like this was so pointless so like she could have just gone to the north and grabbed one yes. of the white walkers and then like come this back this guy goes to like, like the freaking north is point in the freaking universe and then he's like oh shit like we're screwed now like well obviously like, and on top of that she thought that he dies like she thinks that john dies during that moment so like she like loses everything 
like she loses this guy that she liked and she lost her like baby dragon like everything like it was really sad even just to watch her and her heartbreak through it because like she says like these these dragons were her babies like they were her children she was never gonna bear children um so it's like literally seeing this like character this this person that you wanted in your life like just die and it was like such a tragic way to die and i think like seeing the the dragon die was already sad enough but then these motherfuckers go and like freaking like resurrect the dragon and they're like yo we're gonna i know they make it into a zombie and i'm like what the f like that's not your dragon <laughs> like you're cheating you're, you're not supposed to have a dragon <laughs> it's not your dragon yeah, like it was so messed up and then like the dragon comes and like basically destroys the whole freaking wall so i'm like okay sick yeah. like you guys just cheated at this game it's so unfair and it just yeah so it'll be interesting to see what happens because now it's like there's an ice dragon and there's two fire dragons and on top of that it's like these like it's like drogon and Rhaegal's brother so like are they gonna even want to fight him and you i know? think you made a really good point because you you said that like Viserion dying was almost symbolic at the fact that like her brother is dead as well like he died early on too, yeah so like he's not a part of her journey but having said that now i'm thinking about it and there was an interesting scene that happens when they come to king's landing to like show cersei like one of the white walkers and they kind of walk off to the side like john and uh daenerys and she's like i'm not gonna bear children like these are my kids like someone told me that like i can never have kids again and he's like who the f told you that like that's not true like and now i'm trying to i'm thinking about it and i'm like holy shit like were her dragons you know they were sort of like her babies but like in the end they made her stronger they gave her this platform to, to right. help her conquer the kingdom and whatever but like maybe in the end like they're all gonna die and like maybe she will end up having like legit babies of her own you know exactly maybe they were just there to like help her and i'm like now i'm like really sad it'll be really sad if they all die it'll really really suck yeah. but i have a feeling and it's mostly because of the naming of the dragons like like going back to what i was saying earlier with like viserion dying you know drogo is name or drogon is named after drogo and um it'll be hard to see it for sure because he's like obviously the favorite everybody loves him all he's, the fans he's love the him. biggest one too right like he's the he's strongest. the biggest one so if he dies it makes sense just like based on the fact that drogo is also dead but it also like symbolizes i think like letting go of her past yes, and like totally. who she was to move forward and it's really interesting too that now they have Rhaegal who is now we'll talk about it in our top one but Rhaegal is technically John's father or Rhaegar not Rhaegal <laughs> you know is John gonna be riding Rhaegar and she's or maybe she's gonna be like riding with him on Rhaegar Rhaegal yeah. you know so no I can definitely see like both crazy. of them riding away with like them together yeah. and it makes it makes perfect sense that he would get Rhaegal because it's his dad and you know it just crazy, yeah it crazy. just makes sense it'll be amazing and we've already seen how John has gotten close to the dragons like he was probably the only person outside of Khaleesi to actually and be able to and touch Tyrion too. and Tyrion yeah so there's but, like, but yeah Tyrion you're right get a dragon yeah Sorry. yeah but yeah you're right like John for sure there's something there and our number one spot is gonna go to R plus L equals J. And if you still don't know what that means, y'all need to Google that shit. Cause if you're a Game of Thrones fan, <laughs> you need to know this equation. Like I hate math, I suck at math, but this is the only equation I have ever cared about. Like this is the truth. <laughs> so R plus yeah, L equals J sure. stands for Rhaegar and Lyanna Stark 
equals Jon Snow. John. And John, you know John. the whole you know the whole fable or whatever like the actual like truth of what happens in the beginning you start hearing about it like oh my god like Rhaegar like you know stole Lyanna from Robert Baratheon he like raped her and like did, did all this shit to her like kidnapped her you know and then I think through the seasons and the episodes you start hearing like another version and I think one of the right. first times you do hear that other version is actually Littlefinger um, yes. Talking to Sansa, He's, and she was like, "Oh my yeah. aunt, like got raped by like Rhaegar." He's like, "Really? Like, are you sure about that?" Like, he right. doesn't flat out say it, but from his face, you could tell that like there's there might be more to this story. And I mean, like, I don't know how much of a gag it was for a lot of people. Like, I don't know a lot of people who just watched it on a very like high level because I, I know that Game of Thrones fans are very very into it. So. I don't know a lot of people who, like, weren't speculating something by the end, like, when it finally gets revealed, but I think that these little tiny nuggets that you notice, you have to, like, pay attention to all of them, and it was such a satisfying, crazy moment still. Like, it's it definitely is one of the biggest moments, for sure. And I think if Robert Baratheon maybe had stayed alive longer you probably would have heard about it more because he was truly in love with liana and like one of his first things was like i like killed that guy like i wanted to kill him because like he took like he raped my like girl or whatever so right. because he died early on too you kind of and like ned died too like you didn't really hear about liana as much um and it kind of yeah. just gets like pushed to the side really and i don't think they really wanted to bring it up because i think they wanted to keep it till the end and they definitely have For done sure. that like all the way until the last freaking season john still doesn't know who his who his father is like he thinks it's Ned Stark. Yeah, like obviously. they're waiting like bran is waiting for him to come back to winterfell so he can tell him but in the meantime he done effed his cousin <laughs> like he put the like, d in the oh, v no. so yeah so him and him and um him and Daenerys have like an instant connection and like she's so attracted to like his man bun and like his power or whatever um <laughs> and then like as they're on the boat like they fuck obviously um and then yeah. I mean it's not obviously but like, <laughs> like yeah they, I was gonna say like it was a very pretty big it lead was, up like, it, it was a yeah. full season yeah so anyways that happens um so it's gonna be and then it kind of cuts back to like Winterfell where Sam Tarly, I think, comes back. He's like, yo. He's like, what's <laughs> he's like, going on? He's like, yo, Jon Snow is. And then Bran's like, oh shit. He's like, we better tell Jon right away. And I'm like, well, that's too late because right. he done fucked his cousin. His aunt, actually. It's his, it's his aunt. Because I think, because I think first, John, uh, sorry, uh, Bran thinks that like he's the bastard of them too. So he calls them the sand. Like he calls him John Sand. But then Sam like ups it one more and he was like, in these diaries, there was a maester who annulled the marriage so technically he is the rightful heir to the throne so that changes everything like he's not just a bastard he technically is married. the rightful heir because yeah. they got married because because i think he was in secrecy obviously and like some maester yeah. just like wrote it down in his like diary i guess like one night he's like yo they got he's married like, dear diary they got married <laughs> yeah um <laughs> And then I think what happens is, you know, right at the end, you do see Bran going back into like that vision um, at the the Tower of Joy, where Ned is with Lyanna. She just gives birth to John, and she's right. like, "You need to protect him. Like they're gonna kill him if they find out who he is." Um, and then he's like, "What the hell's so, like?" Poor Ned was like, "What the hell's going on?" Um, yeah. And then she says it, and then like I think you see that in the be- in the first few episodes of the season where, but you don't hear what she says. Like, what's his name? Yeah. So then she says it. She like whispers it, and she's like, "His name is like Aegon Targaryen, whatever." So that's Jon Snow's real 
real name and then she dies and he has to protect him you know he has to act like john's his own kid like his bastard kid so um yeah so i don't know what do you think like how do you think they're gonna he's gonna find out i think he's just gonna show up i mean it's probably gonna happen in the first episode when they get back to winterfell because everybody's already there waiting for him like Arya, bran so i think it's just gonna happen but it's gonna be interesting to see what he does with that information like i think that whether or not because Jon snow we've known him for six seasons as Jon snow for him to change his name to aegon targaryen it's gonna be because i'm not i'm not even just saying like 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 name wise it's also like logistically it just doesn't like i don't I know what's gonna what, happen gonna... is they're gonna tell him i think he's gonna be so effing shook i think he's gonna be disgusted he's gonna be like oh my god i just like fuck this girl she's like my aunt like holy shit <laughs> i definitely think she's gonna get pregnant that's for sure but i think he's gonna be dealing with that for sure like emotionally to be like what just happened who am i but i also think like the war is coming like there's no time to just sit and be like oh my god my whole life is a, like a scam like I feel like right. it's gonna they're gonna unleash it and then they're gonna have to deal with like what's what's to come, you know? So Yeah, I think that it's gonna be a crazy moment for him to realize it, but I wanna I definitely wanna see what he's gonna do with that information because I think that he doesn't care so much about the politics. He just cares about like killing the White Walkers. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see what he decides to do by next season. But yeah, that's it guys for our top ten moments game of thrones history seasons one through seven let us know what you thought about that and if we missed any make sure you guys comment below thanks Thanks for for watching watching. Bye. bye